Hi, everyone. This is Dawn Mitchell, and welcome to Dawn of Sports. This week, Jim Suhan and I are welcoming in Vanita Sakar. Now, all of you that watch television and you saw her on KSTP years ago, you know right now she is the powerful new morning show host on WCCO radio. Just a driving force, no pun intended on that morning drive for WCCO. But she also has a special role now at some Timberwolves games. That is what we call in the business a deep tease. Well, Dawn of Dawn of Sports, I was in Atlanta over the weekend and, you know, we, we, we joke, we make mild age jokes on this show every once in a while, just because we've both been doing the jobs for so long. I don't know that I've ever seen anything like that in all of my years of covering sports. A, a quarterback get traded for on Tuesday, show up on Wednesday, have a few practices, not know all of his teammates' names, get thrown into an NFL game, it's a good team on the road in a loud environment and do what he did over the last 31 minutes of the game to win. Um, I'm just, I'm blown away by what Josh Dobbs and Kevin O'Connell and the Vikings did on Sunday. You know, I am too. And whenever I was bringing it up this week, people were always like, whoa, we, we have had a team come back for the biggest, you know, rebound ever. Da, da, da. I'm like, but this was different. Yeah. This was different. This was um, so many emotions rolled in one, like, oh no, what is this team going to look like? Uh, all right, Jaron Hall, the whole team was behind him. And then to see him go down, and at first we didn't even know it was a concussion, right? To see him go down and you're like, oh my goodness, now this new dude has to come in that he, like you said, Jim, doesn't even know like his team, all of his teammates and has never taken a practice snap with any of those guys on the first team because they were all getting Jaron ready. So they throw him in and then it looked like a catastrophe that safety in the end zone. You're just like, oh, I felt so bad for him. You know, I'm like this poor guy. Uh, he's got so much game left too. And what what is this final score going to be? And then to see them battle back and then just to see, you, you felt it. You were with him. I think everyone watching the game, when he ran in for that touchdown, he spiked that ball. You're like, yes. You know, it's like, like you probably had to contain yourself in the press box from like doing that yourself. Like you just felt that personal connection with this guy. But I love how you brought it up. Kev, Kevin O'Connell should really be given a lot of credit for that to have to communicate, to get him on the same page and to do it, you know, with a clock on you, you know, in a helmet, in a loud stadium. And then to have that guy process it, um, it is just truly amazing. It's just, amazing. I really think for the rest of his life, anytime anybody expresses any surprise over anything Josh Dobbs does, he's just go, well, it's not rocket scientists. It's not rocket science. <laughs> it's not know? rocket science. I mean, I mean, he's a, he's a, an aerospace engineer. He studied to be an aerospace engineer. John Krasinski pointed this out on our Viking show. He said that uh, he's the only Viking quarterback ever to have NASA give him a nickname. They call him the Pastronaut. The Pastronaut. Right? That's right. <laughs> it's fantastic. It's just I've just never I've never seen anything quite like you said. Yeah, you can say they've come back. They've had other dramatic victories. That's all true. But like their comeback against the Colts, number one, they had to play like idiots for a half to get to a position where they could have the biggest comeback. You have to fail miserably to have that kind of a comeback. Right. And then they had the comeback with 
great players and great offensive players. Cousins, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, you know, I mean, they had a very talented team and circumstances lined themselves up in a way where they were terrible for half and great for half. And it worked out. It was, it was thrilling. I loved covering that game too, but this is different. This is, I mean, this was a guy who did, had never thrown a pass to the guy who caught the game winning touchdown pass. Exactly. Exactly. And the, what I really love too, is people like, well, you know, it's football at the end of the day. It is football at the end of the day, but talk about such a big stage that you're thrown in on. And he doesn't know this offense, but Kevin O'Connell really said something that I, I really enjoyed. They were very heady with who they were looking for as a backup to bring in. You know, they said we wanted some, you know, cause we heard it, Joe, everyone's saying, Oh, Tom Brady, dust him off. Oh, someone even said Colin Kaepernick. I'm like, dude, hasn't been in the league for what? Six years. People are throwing out the most outrageous names to come in there. And then when they first got him, they're like, who, who'd he get? But he said, I want a guy that's recently played. That was high priority. A guy that recently played that is used to the speed of the game now. And I want a, a guy that is physically fit and, and in shape, you know, and also I think they might have known that they might need someone who can scramble a bit, you know, um, with how the running game was going. Maybe not, maybe, maybe not. And then they wanted a guy with high intelligence, which they got. Cause yes, we, we know that he's Mr. NASA, but you don't get a 4.0 graduating, um, GPA at Tennessee for nothing. You know, like there's more than just one class that he's taken there. So, you know, that this, this guy is smart, but does it translate on a football field? We've all seen smart guys before have terrible games. So it was, I don't know, just a great personal story. Um, but I just love it. And Pasternot is like the best. I wonder if it is, I don't, how you shorten that. <laughs> hey, Passy. We'll, we'll have to think about that. Uh, more, more on Dobbs, more on O'Connell. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves. We're going to talk about women's sports. We'll have our Aurora moment. And what will, I'm going to let you introduce our guest today. Oh, we have a fantastic guest because it was, it's been on my heart to not only get people in sports, but get strong women, especially so here in the Twin Cities where we are based and to talk to them. It's almost like what you see in social media recently, Jim, where there's supposedly this woman scientist that wrote 12 Wikipedia pages of really smart rocket scientist type of women because they didn't get the light sh shined on them or shown on them, whatever the proper way of saying that is. I want to shine a light on, on smart women. And Vanita Sakar also knows sports. She can go toe to toe with anyone about sports and especially so hockey. So it'll be great to uh, introduce her if you haven't heard her on WCCO radio or formerly of KSTP television and have a really nice conversation with her. Benita's great. I worked with her at Star TV. And of course, the way I work with people, I never see them. Yeah. Uh, but So I didn't really get to know her, but I, she's just impressive person. Uh, and I'm really looking forward to the conversation with her. Also want to let you know that uh, Dawn of Sports is sponsored by All Energy Solar and Rudy Luther Toyota. 
uh, both big sponsors of women's sports, sports in general, and this network. And we appreciate them all. Uh, and we'll get to, we'll tell you more about them in a little bit. If you like the show, please subscribe to your favorite podcast app. It's free. It's the easiest way to listen. Thanks to our longtime producer, Brandon Morton. Thank you for listening and check out talknorth.com. We have the best sports lineup in town, experts everywhere. We have outdoor content, variety content, uh, great people up and down the lineup. And thanks for listening. So we do appreciate it. Back to the Vikings briefly before we get to the Timberwolves. Um, you know, you hear the word, I'm going to write about this later in the week. You hear the word culture so often in sports these days, mm-hmm. everybody uses the word and then you spend time around some teams. You go, okay, you're using the word, but I don't think you know what it means, or I don't think you know how to implement it. I really think O'Connell and Quezzy, and I have to give credit to Quezzy too, and the Wolves for hiring these people, you know, whatever individual move or decision they make, I do think they have built something in that locker room where the players like them and trust them and play hard for each other. And I don't think Josh Dobbs would have been successful if they didn't have something going special going on in there. And I'm not that I'm not the kind of person who usually says things like that because it's got, I, I have to have it proven to me. I'm not just going to throw it out there. I think uh, spending time in the locker room the last couple of weeks after the Packer game, after the Falcons game, uh, there's something going on in there. They really like playing for Kevin O'Connell. I think the whole organization has had a shift um, in terms of, you know, the rules that they set forth, whether they're written down or not, where you you respect your your fellow person. You know, you don't dress them down. You don't yell. You don't scream. You don't do that. You know, you respect that person. So that's just their baseline. And so when you do that, but Jim, what I've really noticed, too, is when you have the new people coming in and. And it wasn't just, we talked about Dalton Reisner last time where mm-hmm. Dalton was saying, Hey, I came in and I like, I love these guys already. Like it's weird. And not that I've this well-traveled veteran, but I've been through some teams and it's not like this, especially when you're losing. Um, so he says something different. Cam Akers told me there is something different here and I love it. And these are guys that haven't been there a minute to like drink the Kool-Aid, you know, like they don't have to say anything at that point. And then to see Josh Dobbs come in the same way. And he'd only been there. He got there Wednesday. We talked to him Thursday and he says, yeah, I don't even really know all their names, but they're so great. Like, and he's, is a well-traveled, this is his seventh team Mm -hmm. for him to say, there's something different here. I absolutely agree. And I love Kevin O'Connell's post-game speech where he said, it's about doing it for the guy next to you, whether you've known him for 10 minutes, you know, when he looked at Josh Dobbs or Harrison Smith has been here 12 years, you know, like you put yourself on the line for this person. And I call it the immediate inclusivity, you know, like you don't have to earn your stripes. Like what have you done to belong? Right. It's like, if you're in this locker room, you're, you're, you're in. Um, and that's what I feel the difference is. And I, and I agree people like, Oh, look at Josh Dobbs. He, he was, you know, with Arizona, but they were terrible. And I'm like, well, he's not the, the, it's not one guy in a team. Look at the rest of the guys around him that might have, what was it? One in seven when he was with them, mm-hmm. um, surround someone by the right people and, and, you know, great things can happen. So that culture is really interesting. I think um, Alexander Madison was asked, and I think it might've been Kevin Seifert saying, you know, that word culture is thrown around. What do you think it is? And he, and he's like, you know, it's just 
being there for the person next to you. And if it changes to a different person, that's who you take care of. Um, and, and they seem to breathe it. And there's a looseness in the locker room. You can tell that. Um, it's evident when Kirk was there before he got injured. It's even evident that he is injured, that he's still going to be part of the team. You know, it's, um, it's, it's kind of a cool, I don't know, KO walks the walk. And I've said that many times, but for me, that that's the important thing in life. You can just throw out a bunch of words and say things and then look at your team. Do you mean it? Are you putting it in action? And I think they do. I agree. Uh, Vanita is going to join a great list of guests that we've had here in the early going in the show. We've had Mark Rosen, Jack Jabonski, Jim Cott, Chad Greenway, Mike Tirico, Andre Yak, Laura Oakman, now Vanita. Uh, and this is all Don's work. This is Don lining up the best people from local and national media to talk to. We're going to keep it going. We, we've gone heavy on uh, on excellent women this month. We're going to continue that, but we're not, it's not always going to be just women. It's not going to be just men. It's going to be whoever we want to talk to any given week or month. Don's done a great job with the show. Uh, and let's, uh, let's hit on the wolves before we get to women's sports. Uh, they, on this homestand, they've beaten Miami without Jimmy Butler, but still a very well coached team. They beat the defending champs, the Nuggets, who are clearly still the best team in basketball. And now they've beaten the five and old Boston Celtics, uh, in overtime, playing great defense against the number one offensive team in basketball. And right now, the Timberwolves rank number one in team defense in some metrics. We just haven't seen that before. And guess what? And, and here's the interesting thing. The Gobert deal did not work out immediately. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Mike Conley trade was questioned by a lot of people when it first happened because you're trading a very talented uh, shooter uh, in D'Lo for an older point guard. Right now, the way Gobert's playing defense and rebounding, the way Conley is playing and leading. In fact, they got Nikhil Alexander-Walker in that same deal, and he's a key player off the bench, especially defensively. Those deals might end up looking great. I agree. And I also want to harken back to our last show where you were very disappointed in their offense. I can't let I you off the... You I'm were, still disappointed in their offense, but but their defense has been so good, they've survived. Right. And, well, I, I still look at Anthony Edwards, what? He put up like 38 against Boston, right? Yep. Like you said, they have a shaky start. They're starting to turn things around. I think the offense will come. Nas Reed has been amazing. You know, it's not like they've been terrible and, and all that. But I think I was like, wow, Jim Suhan says he's not impressed with their offense and look at them blowing out the nuggets. Like I was like saying, Jim, you should just put that out into the universe more. Just call people. (laughs) I know you call people out, but it's like, that was fantastic. But the defense, you're right. Just watching how they played these last few games. And I think they just, they went just surpassed the Celtics on the defensive rating as well, just with a couple of their victories this week. I like how they're playing together as a team and their, their defense, not one person feels that they have to do it all, which is usually when mistakes happen. Um, But I've really been enjoying that. And then you hear the MVP chants for Ant and, and I'm down for that too. And he loves it. You can just tell it. Whenever someone's chanting MVP, he just lights up like a Christmas tree even more. So that's the kind of guy that you need to lead on offense, the guy that has the swagger and isn't intimidated by the MVP chance. He's kind of like, bring it on. Like, I, I want to do it. So I'm hoping the rest of the offense catches up and the defense can just continue to be lights up. Yeah. I, and like even on Monday night, 
Edwards scores 38 points. And guess what? He did it forcing a lot of shots, taking some bad shots. He even added air ball at the end. Yeah. I just think there's, I think there's a lot of upside here. They had the offensive talent. Towns has not played well offensively yet. Edwards has been up and down. I think if they can start playing offense the way, uh, you know, the way Finch wants them to play, which is more of a free flowing ball movement offense, I think they're going to be really hard to stop. I think they've got a chance to be really good this year. And, you know, it's rare when you get a guy like Ant who is doing so well offensively and defensively. His defense just personally has been lights out. I'm like, this kid just keeps elevating his game left and right. And even his mid-level shot um, has been fantastic. The mid-range, you know, usually sometimes that's where people falter. His mid-range shots are, I'm just all on board with this team. I think it was, for me, I was like, look at how they are manhandling the Nuggets. At home, that place was electric. I loved it. Oh, no doubt about it. All right, let's get on to women's sports. We are going to talk about women's sports every week. Some weeks it'll be the the whole crux of the show. Some weeks uh, when it's quieter, it'll be uh, just a segment where we will always talk about. I am very intrigued by the Minnesota Gophers women's basketball team. Dawn Plitzwhite taking over. I know she can coach. Uh, I know she can. I know she can recruit. And it's always dangerous to expect immediate results. I mean, there's, there's so many things that fall into place. They're in a very tough league. They have to deal with Iowa and Caitlin Clark, you know, Ohio state's good. I mean, they're, they're just, it's a good league, but I, I'm, I am encouraged by it. I had somebody tell me off the record uh, a while back that is you know, Lindsay Whalen. I know her heart was broken by the way it went down. I don't think she trusts Mark Coyle at all. But I was also told that she told Coyle, listen, if you're getting rid of me, you got to go get Dawn. Dawn's the right person for this group. Um, I think they could have a turn, a fairly quick turnaround in the Big Ten standings this year. You know, and not to put too much on one person's shoulders, and you've been singing this young woman's praise for a while, but when you have Mara Braun who's coming in, already yeah. named as one of the 20 candidates for the Cheryl Miller Award for the yep. you know top small forward, Um if you get a powerhouse, first of all, shout out to Lindsay Whalen for no matter what happens to her, always supporting fellow women in basketball if they're good. You know, like that's what I, I love about Lindsay. It's like, all right, so if it's not going to be me, you got to get this woman because this is what's best for the team because I still love these girls on this team. Like, you know, Whalen loved that team. So I want to see what Dawn can bring to the table. I mean, she has the resume, she has the chops, and she has Mara Braun. So, uh, Mara, I'm just, I'm just so excited to see them get this thing underway and see what she can actually do and, and maybe power this team forward and get them back to where they used to be. Yeah, uh, another really cool development in women's basketball. Notre Dame and South Carolina open the season in Paris spectacular game um and full wiley is going to be an amazing player she hit some crazy shots in that game to lead uh south carolina south carolina's gonna be great again uh, i think i think with caitlin clark with Paige beckers healthy again with the gophers i think taking a step forward i i think women's i think women's college basketball is set up for a great year i do too and the fact that it's in paris the fact that they're showcasing women college sports, I am like that right there. I just kind of sit back and sip my iced tea, kind of like that Kermit, you know, uh, meme. And I'm like, this is what we're talking about. You know, people are going to show up and it's going to be fantastic. So just, just the strides that's taken to even just 
to hear those words come out of your mouth, Jim, I'm just, I'm just thrilled. Yeah. And, and guess what? Women's college basketball is going to make a lot of people a lot of money. And, yes. uh, and, that, and when that, when that starts happening, then everybody's all in. It should have happened earlier, but it will happen. Uh, one more uh, a segment I want to get to today. Give me an, a scouting report on Maddie Greenway. Oh my goodness. So first of all, I was just at her soccer game. So, yep. uh, you know, I'm so sad, um, you know, not that I was rooting, but it was my off day and uh, mm-hmm. sad that, you know, her go blue did not go. Uh, and and St. Paul kind of beat them there at a soccer. But Maddie Greenway, what I just love, talk about a person that you, you have to fight the off-court things, okay? There's chance, and this is, a, her basketball game is one thing, but the psychological, I always look at it, a player. The chance of daddy's money or whatever else goes on, you know? People like to tear down something, and she doesn't let it get to her. And she just, she works on her quickness. Um, she worked driving to the hoop. She's working on her defense. I think the scouting report for her, I, I think she can lead not only her team, but watch her, her stats will definitely lead uh, Minnesota state basketball this year. That's now let's get to our Aurora moment. Oh, my Aurora moment is I want to go back to something that we talked about beforehand, because Again, I think it's just easy to say Minnesota Aurora 2 is here. Um, the fact that there is a second team for, first of all, overflow for women that can't make the number one team. But just to have a pipeline, I wanted to talk a little bit more about this, Jim. We have seen other sports where, hey, basketball, you know, they have the college pop pipeline. When you, when you look at soccer, it's kind of like this disjointed pipeline, even mm-hmm. in men's soccer to how to get there. And, you know, I think uh, many Lagos and they, they've always been working on how can we kind of streamline it to kind of bring the next level of talent up. The NBA is doing it now with the G league. They've already just a few years into existence have figured it out for Minnesota Aurora that we need a, we need a two, we need a second team, get the talent going and kind of elevate them up. And I, I, and I know Minnesota United has Minnesota United too. There's a lot of local talent on that for the men. So the fact that the Aurora does, and they're not even pro yet, that just boggles my mind. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, you know, listen, we had Andre on last week. I'd go back and listen to Andre Yaka. You know, I'm still stunned she started her own soccer team and that it, it has gone the way. So I'm not surprised she's been successful. I'm surprised she was even even had the idea and and did it in the way she did it and that it was overwhelmingly successful on day one. You know, I just anybody who gets into that game is probably looking at some kind of long, slow build. And, you know, I was there that the first game and they were, people were storming the gates. They sold out. Everybody's buying the gear and it's only gotten better. So, you know, it's fantastic. I, I just, I, I just am not going to be, I'm not ever going to be surprised again by anything she or that, that, that group she works with uh, accomplishes. And I just want to tag out what, so there's some tryout information. If anyone's out there yeah. listening and they, and they want to play Saturday, December 16th, from 8 o'clock to 10 o'clock at the St. Croix Valley Rec Center in Stillwater. That is one of the tryouts. And then the second one is Sunday, January 7th, 8 to 10 a.m. 
at the National Sports Center in Blaine. So those are the two tryouts that you can be considered for either being at the Minnesota Aurora FC in the USL or Minnesota Aurora 2, which is the UPSL for women. Let's move on to our favorite segment, FTG. You have to figure out what it means. Do you have any candidates this week? I do if you don't. Yes, I want to hear your candidate. Go ahead. Okay. Number one, Falcons head coach, Arthur Smith. He has spent two first-round draft picks on wonderfully talented offensive players, Kyle Pitts, the tight end, and B. John Robinson, the running back, and then he doesn't use them. He barely uses his most talented players. Uh, the Vikings certainly earned that victory, but if Arthur Smith knew how to use his offensive talent, the Vikings might not have been, even been in that game. Um, and I'll save my I – I had, I had two candidates. I'm going to save candidate number two, uh, very familiar to Vikings fans. I'll save that for next week. Oh, that's good. Because I don't have one for this week. Okay. I was well, looking it, hard. It's to, not a requirement. To, but I know. I, just by my nature, I'm always going to have an FTG. <laughs> I so love it. Anytime you don't have one, I will, I'll be here for you. That's awesome. And and I do agree. Now that you brought it up about Arthur, I'm like, yeah, I, I, I second that FTG. All right. We're going to get to uh, our conversation with Vanita here shortly. We do want to let you know uh, that we really appreciate Rudy Luther Toyota, a great business that has been great to this network and, and a great booster of women's sports. Ready for a women forward car dealership? Rudy Luther Toyota empowers their many women on staff in sales, management, and service. Whether you are looking for a new Toyota or pre-owned vehicle, Rudy Luther Toyota has something for everyone. Every vehicle comes with a Luther Advantage. Ten cents off fuel and car wash discounts at holiday stations, Luther Advantage warranty, and five-day return policy on pre-owned vehicles. Located just five minutes west of downtown Minneapolis, off 394 and General Mills Boulevard. And they're also hiring. Want to join the team but don't know where to start? Visit RudyLutherToyota.com today. Also want to let you know that all energy solar panel installations are done right and made easy thanks to more than 14 years of experience in Minnesota and beyond. All energy solar is ready to take any solar project from design to installation and everything in between. That's for home, business, or both. Find out more about going solar at AllEnergySolar.com slash coach. Well, I'm really excited about our guest this week because it's been on my heart and Jim knows this and, and Jim said, yeah, let's go for it. I just don't want to talk to people who only do sports, but Vanita Sakar is a lover of sports, knows so much sports. I We pick each other's brains on sports, but if you don't know her and haven't yet met her, you are missing out. The uh, David Lee, when he left WCCO radio, many people think, how are we going to fill the shoes? And they look to Vanita to do that. And let me tell you, Vanita, you not only have filled the shoes at WCCO Radio in that morning slot, you have taken the ball. Let's let's like forward this metaphor, shall we, right, Jim? Take the ball, stiff-armed people <laughs> over the line and in for the touchdown. So welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much. What an introduction <laughs> that is. I feel really honored. No, there is no way you can replace Dave Lee. There is no one out there who can replace him. I'm just happened to be in that slot and I'm excited to be there. No, but you get that nod, that tap on the shoulder for a reason. So tell people back home, you used to be an anchor, news anchor. You're in the TV business. We know how that is for years at Channel 5. That's when we first met. And then after you left that, you went to the private sector 
And then to get back in, I know it's radio, but it's still just like TV. It's kind of that crazy. I, I picture almost like the Simpsons, like you went out the door, you know, you put the hat and then you turn around, come back and put the hat back on. That's kind of how I feel. Like, <laughs> well, hey, out I, the door and back. I had a chance to work with Jim at the Star Tribune too. Did I you had really? three years at the Star Tribune. I did videos yep. online, loved my time at the Star Tribune, learned a lot from those journalists there. Some, some of the best, I'm not just sucking up, Jim, uh, some of the best journalists that I've ever worked with were at the Star Tribune. But yes, I was in the private sector and I'm at Sa University of St. Thomas, you know, everything's going well, director of public relations. I thought, you know what, I can stay here for a long time. You know, the broadcasting industry is in the past and all of a sudden, Brad Lane, the, uh, the manager, brand manager at CCO Radio, reached out to me and said, would you consider doing this? And I thought, radio? Really? Me? I've done radio before, but I thought, gosh, WCCO Radio, that's the ultimate. That is the news talk station of the region. And I had to give it a lot of thought for many reasons. No one can replace Dave Lee. Like I told you, the guy had been there 32 years. He's a radio legend. Mm -hmm. I'm just me. I just do my thing. I'm not a radio legend like him or Boone and Erickson before him. And I never will be. But I thought about it and I thought, you know what? How cool would this be to be a woman, a woman of color, someone they hadn't ever had in that slot? And I thought, you know, the worst thing that can happen is I totally fail and I go back to doing something else. But let me give this a shot. What the heck? And I'm having a blast and I'm going to enjoy it for as long as I can, as long as they'll have me. It's really fun. And I think it's great that you start off humble saying, hey, I'm not going to be a legend. A, how do you know? Right? <laughs> right? You never know. <laughs> Brandon's like, right? B. Um, there's a void that needed to be filled and you have now two, not just one, but two radio personality of the year awards under your belt to prove for that. So you are proving yourself wrong in many aspects, would you say? <laughs> Don, you are too nice to me. I, I just do my thing. I was very honored that the Star Tribune readers voted me twice as mm -hmm. best radio personality that was huge. It's very humbling. Uh, I'm, there's certainly many other people who deserve it more than me. I'm not just saying that. I really know. And I understand that. But I, I just am enjoying this position. I'm enjoying getting to do so many different interviews. And as you mentioned before, I'm a sports fan. I'm not the sports guru that you are. I really admire what you do, Don, and the fact that you're in a field that's so male-dominated. When I first started in the business after I graduated from your rival school, Boston uh, University. Oh, yeah. Put on I, the boxing I, gloves now. <laughs> we won't. We'll talk hockey later. Uh, but when I graduated then, people wondered, you know, would you ever consider sports? Well, I'm a sports fan. I love sports. I love talking sports. But I think back then, you had to be a hundred times better than the guy next to you to have a hundred times more knowledge because they were going to fry you if they didn't. I think it's a little easier now to get in, maybe. Maybe it's just me. Uh, but I knew then I'm just a fan. And even now, I don't pretend to have the knowledge that others do. But I love talking about it and interviewing the people who do have the knowledge. Well, and Jim, you can attest to this too. If you turn to Vanita's social media, you can get exhausted <laughs> just at all the places. And the funny thing is 
not all the things that you do in life are even on social media. So when people say, oh my gosh, look where Vanita is now. She's at the wild game. She's at the gopher game. She's at the baseball game. She's at the twins game. We had the honor of doing the twins games, but you, you are always on the go. And for a person like myself who is sports minded, it's hard to go and enjoy a game sometimes. Um, I'm, I'm either one way or the other. And Jim, you're probably the same way. If you go to a game for fun, you either uh, you want to go with people who know what they're talking about, or you want to go with someone that knows completely nothing <laughs> and that you can just have fun. Like it's the in-between for me that's annoying. <laughs> Right. It's like, oh, when, that's so true. Is that true? It's so true. <laughs> they you, think you they know, but they don't know. You, and you're like, <laughs> you don't want the people who, and this, you know what, let's be honest. This is about, this is any walk of life. Uh, you don't want the people who think they know, but really don't know. It's okay to not know. And so, and it's cool if you really do know and you're humble about it, you don't want the in-betweeners. <laughs> no, it's like being at the airport and overhearing a very wrong sports conversation oh. and biting your tongue so hard. <laughs> like, oh yeah, well that Kirk, he went down with appendicitis. And I'm like, don't say it, don't say it, don't say it. You know, you're just, it's the people that think, and they're like, no, I'll tell you this. He came into the blah, blah, blah with this team. I'm like, no, actually he started with this team, you know, and that's all in your head. But when I'm with you, Vanita, so you give yourself even more credit. You're so humble, first of all, <laughs> but you go to a game and you, you know, the ins and outs, the rules, the, and it's fun. And, um, we talked about this last time, Jim and I had Andrea Yak on last and, and, and we were talking about how it was a unique opportunity where it was you, myself, Andrea, Tracy Perlman from CCO, uh, El Mose came for one of the time to have women sit together and not work. I was like, woohoo, not work, be at a twins playoff game for fun. And to be with women that knew what was going on. And I'm not just saying that women don't, but I've had guy friends that don't know you know, I have a friend of mine, we joke around. He says, Hey, do the sports, get the points. Like he doesn't know, <laughs> but to, to be with a group of women that knew exactly what was going on, knew the nuances of the game. Um, I think that there's a lot more women like us out there. And this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show, because I don't think women get enough credit. And sometimes like yourself, you're already like, well, I really don't. Yes, you do. <laughs> well, yes, you do. I thank you for saying that. That was really fun going to that baseball game with all of you. And, and as you're talking about, you don't like to go to games with people who really don't know what they're talking about. I agree with you both hundred percent. The beauty of going to game with you, Don, is we talk, but then also it's okay to sit there and be focused on what's happening on the field. And we don't have to talk yes. the whole time. The other thing that bugs me is when people go to a sporting event and talk about everything else, but what, what you're watching. Right. And I go to sporting events to watch what's happening, whether it's on the ice, on the football field, baseball field, and I'll chat, but sometimes if it's, I want to watch what's happening, right. you know, and things like that. So it's fun to go with people who know how to watch sports. Uh, that's really important to me too. But yes, it, there are a lot of women. We do know sports. I've had people come up to me and say, wow, you know more about sports than, than I thought. Like it's surprising that a woman specifically, maybe even my age, uh, would know something about sports. And I think, why would that be surprising? 
there are a lot of women. You go to a Vikings game, there's a lot of women there. A wild game, twins games. Um, there are women who are passionate about sports. That shouldn't surprise anyone. Right. It, that gets me mad. It does. It gets me <laughs> it mad, gets too. Me mad. Yes. Uh, I don't know. Someday, I guess in my... Um, maturing years, shall I say, I've learned to just kind of laugh it off. But mm -hmm. when I was younger, I'd get super mad at it. Um, especially when it came from an athlete. Oh, yeah. You know, where the look on their face would be like, oh, God, you know, what's this going to be like? You could just tell. Uh -huh. You know, I come, hi, can I ask you a couple questions? And they're like, it's just a look. <laughs> and I know. And you're like, mm-hmm. So you ask a question and they answer it. And like, Within like two questions, you can see the look on their face change. And I used to be like, hmm, well, he shouldn't have judged me beforehand in my head. I would never <laughs> say it out loud. Um, and now I love that look. I'm like, oh, okay. This kid's like, what does this lady have for me? And I don't care. And they ask questions. I'm like, oh, and it changes. And I'm like, I don't care. Right. I guess it's just a luxury of doing it for a while, but it used to get me so mad. It does get me mad now where people just say, oh, you know, a lot of sports. And I look at my friends like, don't you say anything. <laughs> like, you know, especially if you're in a different town, don't say what I do. Like, I want people just to talk to me for me, but that's when you find out the truth. Like, oh, wow, I'm surprised. You actually know something about sports. I hate that. That's when I get mad. I hate that. And I've had to actually, I've done interviews over these last couple of years where if there's one sport I know well and that I'm proud to know as well as I do, it's hockey. Yes. And I don't pretend, I mean, I love football, I love baseball, and I know a lot about that. I don't know a lot about basketball, I'll be honest. And I've learned a lot um, over the past couple of years. But hockey is what I know. And there have been many times I have to very tactfully correct people on specific hockey things that they say. And I think it does surprise people. And I don't know why that it just, that perplexes me. And yes, when I was younger, I remember uh, being in Boston and a friend of mine, and we'd be watching, let's say a Bruins game at a bar and a guy would walk up and he wouldn't ask us what the score was or what was happening. He'd ask the guy that was sitting next to us at a bar who may not even be watching the game, yes. you know, and that used to really kind of drive me nuts. Why wouldn't you ask me? Why would you think we're watching the TV, but there was always this just kind of, oh, there's a couple of women there. They probably not, you know, don't know what they're talking about or don't know what they're watching. So yes, there is a frustration with that. I, I don't get it. I've had that professionally and, and not in the current job I'm in now, but in other places where I've worked where an intern will come up and I'll immediately go to the guy and be like, well, what, what's the Bruin score or something like that? And like, I don't know. I'm working on Red Sox. That's Dawn. Like she's the one working on the Bruins, but they automatically went to the guy anchor, Yeah, you know, and, and they're just, it's innocent, but it's ingrained. Yeah. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like there change the immediate thought, change the immediate thought. So a lot of people may not know this about you. You do have two amazing children oh. and your husband, Jason is to die for <laughs> as well. So but nice. to have a son that plays hockey and a mom that knows hockey and you also play hockey yourself, <laughs> they get your, your kids get the respect right away that my mom is smart. My mom knows the sport. And then you kind of raise them to to treat everyone equally that way. How is it to watch your kids grow up and whatever sports that they love for you to be like, wow, I, now I can dig in that way too. 
It was such a dream when our son Jack, uh, when he was five years old, started skating. And um, I think I remember when he was born, the New Jersey Devils won in 2000. We're in the hospital room. uh, I'm holding my brand new newborn baby watching the Devils hold the cup. (laughs) And I thought it was from that moment my son knew that hockey was in his future. He's a goalie, right? He is a goalie. Um, And don't ever do that. Let me just tell you right now, don't ever let your child become a goalie. That is just the worst thing ever. We're the worst parents. What were we thinking? It is the worst and position. Why is that? I have my ideas as to why, but I'm not a mom. So oh, why it is, is the stra- most stressful position that you could ever put your kid in, boy yes. or girl. And the stress and watching these intense games and, oh my gosh, overtime and all of that. It, it's insane. But, you know, it was a wonderful 17 years. He had the joy of uh, starting every game at Highland Park High School for four years. And he went on to play college hockey at the College of St. Scholastica, uh, Scholastica D- D3 in Duluth. And he loved every minute of it. But now he's pursuing other dreams. He wants to become an orthopedic surgeon. So he's trying to get into med school right now. But he, uh, it was just so much fun, that whole journey. The thing that just drives me crazy, too, is when parents will say, oh, I could never sign my kid up to play hockey because, oh, all the time it involves and early morning practices. Uh, My husband and I wouldn't trade one minute of that. It was the best part of our lives. And maybe our daughter, who's younger than her brother, would disagree. She got dragged to a lot of things, but even (laughs) she had fun. We just we met some of our best friends through that journey. And there's something about that bond with hockey families. It's different. My son played football, baseball, he golfed, but there's something about that bond with hockey families. And I loved every minute of it and I will always miss it. Um, but now I'm a, I, my goal now is to see the Minnesota wild at every away arena. I read so, that. Yeah, that's my next, that's my bucket list. Yeah. So we're starting, um, in 2024, we're going to go to see the wild play, um, in Arizona. So I'm excited about that. That is great because when I was reading an article with some back stuff, I'm like, I already know everything about her. I'm like, I didn't know that. <laughs> and then it said you were going to wait to retire. So thank you for not waiting to retire. No, to do that. no. That's, you can just start now. I'm going to start now. There's no reason to wait. How did um, being around sports empower your daughter? You know what? She played a lot of different sports. But when you have an older brother who's very, very good at sports, uber competitive. Mm -hmm. She was like, eh, I'm going to back off and do my own thing. So she was more kind of just dabbling in different things, lacrosse, tennis. She did play a little bit of hockey. Um, she, if she, she wanted to check people and I'm like, honey, you can't do that in girls hockey. (laughs) So that was short lived in hockey for her, but she enjoyed it. But I think um, people with two different kids with two different personalities will know that when you've got that older child who just devoted his time and his whole effort into it, I think she was like, oh, I'll just hang back. And just but it also gave her respect for what you have to do. That is very true. It's very true. She saw all the hard work that went into it. And she was a good lacrosse player. She put her heart and soul into that. She did the um, youth performing arts circus as well, Circus Juventus. So that was big for her. And she did gymnastics. So she dabbled. She did. And she put, her, put a lot of effort into it too. But I think uh, it wasn't quite her deal. Um, Vanita, another reason why I wanted to have you on the show is I think... For me, I always look for inspiration from people. And I have shared this with you on a small level. 
But I do believe that um, the older we get, the more that we should do that makes our soul catch on fire. And some people are like, oh, that's so woo-woo, Don. But when I see you, you are willing to do anything. <laughs> you are willing to, literally. That's great. Like I joke around that I can't keep up with you when I look at your socials, what you're doing, but this is who you are. I remember you said, hey, listen, I really want to start doing some stuff. So you and I would go out and have, um, we'd find a restaurant that was like during restaurant week or something. Um, but then you'd be like, yeah, well, I can't do it on that day because I have my, my knitting class. And then that my tap dance class on Wednesday, you should come. And I'm like, wow, that is inspiring for me because, and on a deeper level, it's trying things that you've never done before. On another level, I really think that you should just brand yourself and you should become an influencer for people because people just think, oh, this is time where I just want to chill out and go home and watch Netflix. And you don't. <laughs> so, so like you basically inspire me to get off my couch sometimes on my r rare off day. I'm like, what would Vanita do? <laughs> Vanita would not be sitting on her couch. So that is a preface to say you went out there you put yourself on the line and you tried out for the Timberwolves dance team. Senior dancers. Please don't. People say the dance team. I was going to say part two. No. The senior dancers. And you 50 made it. And older. You made it. I can't believe I made it. I know. See, you were my inspiration. <laughs> like, so what made you say, I'm going to do this? And then you went through with it, which could be its own show, I'm sure. <laughs> There needs to be a reality show on the Timberwolves Senior Dancers. It's just awesome. It was actually back in the day when I worked with Jim at the Star Tribune, I did a video on the Senior Dancers back in 2014. And I interviewed a senior dancer. And it was just, I think, when it was starting out. It was so, she was so inspiring. And I told myself when I turned 55, I want to try out because back then the minimum wage was 55. This year they lowered it to 50. So I had just turned 55 last year and I thought I'm going to try Stop out. Stop it. Now, I know. And then they lowered it to 50 this year. But anyway, it's okay. I digress. But there were about 50 to 60 people who tried out this year and it was so much fun. And I thought, you know what? What have I got to lose? I'll just give it a shot. And I used to do dance team in high school and I they took some dance classes, tap, hip hop the last couple of years. I thought, I'm going to give this a shot. And it was really, really fun. And I left that tryout thinking, well, if this is all it is and I only got to try out, what the heck? And then, you know, within a few days, you get the email. And I'm like, I told Jason, my husband, I made it. He goes, ah, this is great. And so we get to dance at four different Timberwolves games and four Lynx games, most likely. And it's just, I think what they've told me is it's usually, we haven't done it yet, usually the first time out. And the dance is only about a minute, uh, but there's so much work that goes into it. I've already been to some practices and these women work really hard and they have such spirit. And the beauty of it is, is that we embrace the fact that we're over 50. Who cares? We are out there giving it our best shot. Um, and I think the crowd really does love it. I've seen uh, some of the videos of this and the crowd, when they announce senior dancers, people are applauding. They're like, well, look at these women. And a lot of the women are much older than I am. And they're out there. They're giving it their best shot and having fun. And that's what it's all about. And the first one is tomorrow night. <laughs> so for those of you listening, it is Tuesday right now. It is Wednesday. So if you listen tonight or 
early in the morning or whenever this actually drops, uh, the first one, you're going to have a, a little fan section, just so you know. <laughs> there's myself, Andrea Yock, Tracy Perlman, Jennifer Merrily. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Thank you. You are welcome. That is so awesome. My husband and son will be there. I have some other friends coming. I just, I keep wanting to tell you, this is less than a minute that I'll be dancing. We do not care. Okay. It's, it is the spirit of it. So for all, I just want to, I can't speak for men. I let Jim do that. But for women that where they feel like, you know, I'm not 30 anymore. I'm not 25. I lie and say I'm 28, right? So I say, I'm not 28 anymore, or I still am, whichever you want to prefer to just be like, okay, this, I have my career. I have my family, but I want to challenge myself and do more. And also let go of your ego and be like, I'm just going to dive into something cool. That's the beauty of it. You know, I think I don't have fear anymore of failure. Um, Once you've been let go from a job like I have in television after a 23-year career, 18 years at one place, almost 18, and you were let go and you have to reinvent yourself, you have to pull yourself up and say, I got to move on and do something else. And when you leave a career that was the only thing you've ever wanted to do since you were little, you become tougher. And so I'm not afraid of failure. What the worst that can happen. I don't dance well. I don't do well. Um, no one dies. <laughs> no one, you know, it's not, it's not a big deal. I'll just move on and, and, and try to do better next time. Uh, but I just want to enjoy life. I don't want to kind of bring the discussion down, but during the COVID years, mm-hmm. when we were locked down in our homes, I've always been one to go out and do things. And I'm a big extrovert. I mean, every survey that you fill out, those personality tests, I'm off the charts extrovert. And so when we were locked down, some people, I was so envious of introverts. They loved it. They loved curling up, just being at home with their family, doing their thing and not having any pressure to go out. For me, it was suffocating. It was suffocating. Even though my family was there, all I could focus on was, oh my gosh, I can't see people. We can't be out. There's no sports. I don't know what to do. And it was very disheartening. And so now those years are passed in the rearview mirror. And I still have that feeling of appreciating a crowd, appreciating an event. So I don't say no to many things because I don't want to miss out. I, I missed out on a lot. We all missed out on a lot in those COVID lockdown years. So now to be back in with life, to be in a big arena at a game, to be at a theater or to be able to do the senior Timberwolves dancers. Why not? Just go for it. I just feel like I saw what life was like without that. And now I just embrace it. What do you bring forth from those TV days in terms of, I just think for news anchors and for yourself now, when you're on CCO radio, you have to hit so many different topics and, and talk, you know, you're talking to politicians or you're talking to doctors or you're talking about what's going on between, you know, Hamas and Israel and Palestine. I mean, you, you have to know it all. So how did all of those years in TV news um, help you? Is it kind of like you can take the top off now on radio and kind of let it breathe or, or how has that journey been for you? Well, I will say TV, you know, a lot of it is scripted 
and you get to look and you have to write some of the scripts and things. When I was a reporter, I was covering every topic under the sun. So you had to have that knowledge. Radio is more challenging. This podcasting, all of this is more challenging because you have to go a little bit more in depth. And yes, one minute I'm interviewing Senator Klobuchar or Governor Walls, and the next minute it's Jace Tingler, bench coach for the Twins. And I've got to be an expert in all of these areas Mm -hmm. and know what I'm talking about and ask the right questions. Do I hit the mark every time? No, I don't because it's three hours every morning and you do the best you can. And some, some shows are better than others, but but I do try to have a good understanding of, of everything. And those reporting days, all those years that I was out on the streets covering different stories, whether it was sports or news, because there's always a news element to sports as well. Um, I feel like that did lead up and give me some confidence in doing what I'm doing now in radio. And you touched on it very little, but it, for me, it's a huge thing to be a woman of color, to to have this platform, to to not only show what you know, um, show your talents, but you shine the light on other people and then bring out their best. How is that to know that you've come this far and that, you know, you are at this day and age, it shouldn't be still leading the charge? Well, that's nice of you to say, Don. You know, my parents grew up in India, born and raised there. They came to this country with $8 to their name, built a wonderful life for me and my brother. Um, I am part of the immigrant story, and I'm really proud of where my parents came from. It's exciting to me to be um, a person of color in broadcasting. I don't wear the badge like around saying, here I am, you know, woman of color, but Mm -hmm. I do recognize that it does mean something to many communities. One of the saddest things for me when I was let go from television are all the people, the young people of color who looked up to me and said, wow, there she is. I can do that too. And I always felt like a little bit of a failure having been let go, but you know, you just move on, you do your thing. And, and so maybe, you know, if someone happens to listen or know that I'm on the radio, just for them, maybe a young woman of color to know, maybe I could do a podcast. Maybe I can do this or that, that it's possible. Sometimes you have to see people in those position, positions who maybe look like you or have a similar background to make you think, wow, maybe I can do that. So if I can serve as that, to me, that's the most important part of the fact that I am a woman of color on radio that maybe someone else can say, I can do that too. Right. I always say, if you can see it, you can be it. Um, but for many of us, we didn't see anything. Well, I, at least when I was in sports, saw Alice Cook. Um, you know, there are, there are a couple of women in sports. Um, not, not a lot when I was growing up. Um, who was your idol? Um, in sports or in just in, in general, well, for me, TV? Yeah. well, for me, it was Connie Chung. Oh, so back okay. then I know she had her, uh, flaws and things that came out about her later. But when I was in high school, middle school, Connie Chung was the end all be all, especially for, um, Asian women like me to look up to her and say, wow, look at the position she's in, what she was able to do with her life. And I want to be, and I used to say, well, in my head, at least I want to be the next Connie Chung. Cause that was, she was the ultimate for people mm-hmm. like me. Um, so for me, she was definitely that person. But it was great to see over the years, all the women who were on the sidelines at football games. And, you know, what I like to see, you know, what I want to see more of is more women analysts on these NFL shows, you know, at halftime and things like that. You know, I would really love to see more Don Mitchell's 
you know, doing that type of thing on network TV. You still don't see enough of it. I liked in hockey, you, you're seeing some women break ground in, the, in that area. But in football, I haven't seen that as much. Yeah, that is something that Laura Oakman and I were talking about how, um, you know, at first we're happy just to be there. And then it's there's these specific roles that you're put into. You know, we're now if someone's going to when Laura first started on the sidelines, that was not your entry role into it. Like she had already hosted shows. She had already been X, Y, and Z. And being on the sidelines means that's a culmination of your experience and what you know. Uh, now, sometimes that's the starting role. And I still want women to get in there, right? But sometimes the starting role, then that's where they stay. So where, where's the woman? She's, you know, either the host asking the guys their opinion or on the sideline. Um, and now a little bit, which is why I value what Fox nine has done for me in terms of the role, like for, for the past couple of years, they let me be on the first half hour of our pregame show. I am on the desk and Mark Rosen is the host and I get to say my opinion. I'm, I'm an analyst along with two guys that play. And now I didn't play football, but I've been around for a long time. I know the sport. So to have that value, um, in that position, I've had so many women, contact me and tell me to see you on the desk and not the one just tossing to the guys to get their opinion means so much to me. And I'm so happy that my daughter gets to see that. And I just knew for me at first, maybe a little selfishly, I just wanted to say, Hey, you know, like, well, I talked to that guy in the locker room. And this is what he said. And, and this is why he's not doing this or my perspective of it. I've never played the game. So I leave those X's and O's to, to Ron and to Ben and to Pete. Cause they're like, yeah, well, as a linebacker, you line up and you do this. And when you see a safety come over the top, they talk about that. I understand what they're talking about, but I can give the other insight as to what I know. And so I think that that's such a valuable role and you don't ever really see that. I think I saw it on hockey a couple of times, maybe during the draft, there's a woman that breaks down all these draft people, like, and she's an analyst. And I'm like, you go. Yes, exactly. I love that. So the non-traditional roles, um, this alert said, now I want to see women that want to be the CEOs of the team, right? You know, the general managers of the team. So, um, and then to have men who support, to support that is amazing. Like when I see your husband, Jason, support whatever you want to do. <laughs> He has no choice. He has no choice. <laughs> but with joy, he is joyful. Jason, if this is a shout out to you, if you're listening, I like you just look at him and smile. But I can just picture like, is there ever a time where he goes, I don't know. Can no. you just stay at home? No, he's Never. really good. He's really good about it. But, you know, I do give him a pass every now and then. I'll say, you don't have to go to this or yeah. we don't have to do this. <laughs> you, I'll find someone else. It's okay. Don and I will go to this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do this. Don't worry. I don't make him go to everything, but he's a good sport. Yeah. I wanted to end with, with this. Um, I know here in Minnesota, the hockey is just starting to get going. Um, and the high school hockey tournament is the huge thing. And I have come to love it over the, this is, I'm now entering my 20th year here uh, in Minnesota. And I always say, when I tell people back home, like there's some nuances from back East to here, you know, Minnesota, Massachusetts, totally different, but the nuances, yes, it is a big hockey town back in Massachusetts. We do not have that high school hockey, but we have the bean pot. Yes, we do. And for those of you who don't know what the bean pot is, it is like the Minnesota high school phenomenon, but just for college and just for four college teams. That's it. 
Um, and it's BC, where I went, BU, where Vanita went, <laughs> Northeastern, and Harvard. And the place is rocking. So when I got here to Minnesota, I was thinking, gosh, I can never watch the bean pod. And I don't know how it came up. We just, we didn't know each other that well at the beginning. And you're like, oh, well, I host a bean pot party. <laughs> To be the only BC girl in a BU bean pot party, <laughs> I want credit for that. But you do get credit. Yes, thank you. But can you explain to people, you can probably explain it better than I can, just what that means and, and how what the bean pot is. Oh, it's such a huge rivalry. And <laughs> back in the day, it was at the Boston Garden and, you know, that old building and so much fun. Rats running around. Exactly. <laughs> Pretty much. And then just get the whole student you know, body of Boston University was there, Boston College and all the universities and the spirit in there, the bands. And it's really something to lift up that bean pot and know that you won that championship. They went after it. And uh, you and I have had some bets over the years. Yes, we uh, there's a photographer at Channel <laughs> 5. He went to BC, Joe Caffrey. Yes. He and I would have some bets. And I love humiliation bets the best where you have to bow down and or wear a jersey of the opponent or whatever. Those are my favorite bets. So I've won some over the years and Joe used to win some over the years. But uh, I love, we've got to go. We've got to have a little party this year in February. That Absolutely. first Monday, we'll see if BU and BC play each other. I don't know. I'm not very happy about BU. They're not doing very well. I know BC is now ranked number one. I know, I know, whatever, whatever. But I will say, I living out here for, gosh, as long as I have since 1995, I am a very big Gopher hockey fan. I absolutely love that team. My dear friend's son, Carl Fish, is on the team, and I'm hoping that uh, they can end up at the Frozen Four, which I just spent way too much money on tickets for. See, I was about to ask you, of course you did. Ridiculous amount of money. <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, and I have season tickets to the high school hockey tournament so as well. <laughs> well, oh my goodness. Um, so your favorite athlete ever? Wayne Gretzky. Hands down? Hands down. Did you tuck your shirt in on one side? Too, <laughs> yeah, of course I did. Uh, I traveled all over the country to see him. I almost missed a final at BU when I went to go see him uh, play in LA. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Back in the day, I just thought he was the best, the ultimate in class um, and known for his assists, you know, for his goals. Yes. yes. But really, he was the guy who got the puck to people. And to me, that says a lot about the kind of player he was. So I do miss that. And I miss seeing him. But I'm glad I got to see him all over the country. It was fun. Your favorite news interview you've ever done? Oh, goodness. People ask me this. I don't really have any, like, major thing that I've done, you know. And you know how it is. Yeah. Half the time, I'm like, I think about... Who did I just interview yeah. yesterday? What day is it? What day it? Is it? And what is was there the any that sticks out to you? Like that's something you remember because something peculiar happened or something. That's a really tough well, you know. I did snuck. I did sneak into the news conference where Wayne Gretzky was in town. <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't have. A, I was with the media and I snuck in and I asked him a question. That was really fun. Uh, you know, for me, it's never been really about the big athlete or the big, you know, politician or actress, whatever it is. For me, it was some of those everyday stories. And you know what this is like, mm -hmm. the everyday human element stories that you're in and talking to someone who's been either through the worst thing in their life or the best thing in their life. And it was those kind of conversations and interviews. Those are the stories that stick with me, the people who've lost 
you know, friends, um, law enforcement officers who've died in the line of duty and you talk to their family or their coworkers. To me, those are the interviews that really stick with me and make me proud to have been a TV reporter and to be able to tell those stories. So I know it's not an exciting answer, but to me, those are kind of the stories. And sometimes you see them out and about. I've lived here for so long and they'll say, do you, you know, do you remember you came to me? And I, I think a lot of times I will. And sometimes I don't because you do so many stories, but the effect you have when you swoop in and do these stories, when people are at their worst or their best, you know, it kind of has a lasting impact. So I've always loved that about being a reporter. Yeah. And I think that's um, what you and I share. I love to tell people stories, you know, that, oh, maybe this enclave of people know, but other people should know this. You know, they should know what you fought through to do that. Um, so you just, you add this eloquence to it, elegance as well, to tell their story because they're trusting you. It's a huge trust tell factor. It in a way. Yes. yes. And I take that responsibility and I know you do, very seriously. You want to make sure and tell it right. Well, Vanita, thank you for joining us. I could talk to you like for a whole nother hour. Uh, We could talk about Wayne Gretzky even, (laughs) but um, thank you so much. And I I just want to let you know that I, I know that we are friends, but I just, I appreciate your passion, your spirit, but again, your, your, nice elegance in how you carry yourself and how you respect others. And that I find you just gracefully sliding, whether you're talking to a politician or to a doctor or to, you know, a magician that has to go on the show. (laughs) Um, That's a skill. And the light just shines right through you. Oh, you you are too kind. You haven't seen me at some sporting events. I'm not that elegant though, when I'm yelling and screaming. Oh, we'll get that on. (laughs) We'll we'll get that on. And I expect to see that shining through for the Timberwolves senior dance team. Yay. We'll see how it goes. Wish me luck. (laughs) Pom-poms? No (laughs) pom-poms. 